For those of us that have little ones running around, is it more about the nature and the environment that we create for them? Or is it about the nurture and us cuddling them and just making sure we're meeting their every demand? Join us this week on Hashtag Dad Life, a part of the Beyond Real Estate Podcast, where Jalen and I tear this one apart to see which one is ultimately more important and most important. So stay tuned. Welcome to Beyond Real Estate with Jalik, the podcast discussing parenting, real estate, and business. Every week we go in depth on how to become successful in life and business. Nick, take it away. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for another week of Hashtag Dad Life. And this week we wanted to delve into the topic of nature versus nurture. It's a concept and just topics that a lot of people talk about, especially in the parent world. And there's so much debate I know that goes back and forth to say, no, this is more important than that one. Jalen, let me throw that one at you first. Nature or nurture, which, which holds more precedent and why? Well, I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be all about nurturing, right? And I'm not saying just, hey, you know, you loved your kids a little bit better. I mean, keeping trauma from them, 100%. You know, basically set them up for a failure if you just allow them to be experiencing trauma on a daily basis. Sometimes you can't. I get it. Stuff that just comes up, you know. But when it comes to nurturing, say you have a billion dollars to your name, right? You're going to be able to give your kid every single tool necessary to nurture whatever thing that they want to get really good at, which is just not the case if you are having someone that is, you know, doesn't have a penny to their name. And so you can say, hey, they got to work harder for it. It's going to be a lot better. And if they have the capability, they're going to get there. 100% not true. There are plenty of athletes where you're like, you made it to the professional level, like with your, you know, like Bugsy, Moe's Bugsy, whatever his name is. What? Yeah, whatever. Bugsy Moe's. Bugsy Bugsy Bogues. Yeah. Bugsy Bogues. Yeah, we got it. This isn't a basketball podcast. But, you know, you're like, yeah, that guy was super short. Maybe he did work harder. But, you know, I'm sure he also had a few more opportunities than the average kid did. That was whatever his height was, five foot nothing. Right. Like, oh, yeah, he just was able to. He just had the ability to jump five feet in the air and dunk at the age (laughs) of 10. There was some other stuff there. I guarantee the nurturing aspect. And that's the nature part, right? It's the intangibles that you can't, no matter how hard I train, I'm not going to be an NBA player. There's some nature to it. And I think the more, the better anybody gets at anything, the more nature becomes a factor. I think the more elite we talk about saying, I need to go professional or I really want to go professional. And again, professional using it broadly, not just in in the sports term. If you want to be the top of the top in your industry, there's inevitably that nature pace that takes over to allow you to get there. Michael Jordan, the guy worked his butt off for sure. But he had some nature, genuine God-given talents that he would he maximized those talents. Lionel Messi, right now the World Cup's going on. Yes, he trains a ton and always had growing up, but he has some intangibles that you or I would never be able to train enough to develop some of the intangibles that guy has just inside genetically. And I think that's the reality of again, the best of the best. They have some defining nature quality that you just can't replicate it, no matter how much you want to try to observe it. Yeah, I, the only caveat I'd say to that is golf. I don't think that. What about any, it? I don't think that any golfer has intangibles that no average person ha- doesn't have. You don't think Tiger Woods's maybe mental game is a piece that we all know the importance of the mental game, but it's another thing to be able to be in that moment and really be able to shut things off around you that's where my mind goes to immediately for that sport and that individual to say you're right i can learn to hit the seven iron just as good as he can and put spin on it just like he can 
But can I do it with 18 million people watching me in that moment? That's a mental hurdle. I don't know about that. I think that there's still definitely some some capabilities that that most people can, you know, nurture. So at the end of the day, number 198 in the world right now in golf, you have hope. Do not quit yet. Coming straight from Jalen. You just work harder, you'll get there. Oh, yeah. And you just nurture it. You get those, you land those fat Adidas and Nike deals to to give you all the best clubs and all the best trainers in the world and the 3D analytic thing that you can, you know. Like, for instance, there was a prospect for baseball, Jared Kalanick. He was drafted eighth overall by the Mets, considered one of the best prospects ever. When? A few years ago. What was that, 17, 18? He, he was a pure product of nurture. I mean, he's a freak athlete. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the tallest guy. He's big. But again, if you have the capabilities to work out every day to hone your craft, you're, hopefully you get big. Everyone is. There's never been a person that's like, I work out eight hours a day and I'm a tiny, I'm a stick of a person still. Like, just not the case. And he came from, I think, Montana. And it's, what? how do you play baseball that much for, in Montana and get drafted eighth overall? It's like, very easily when you have an indoor baseball training facility with an entire field inside. Yeah. You can't say that guy just, oh, no, that was, he really had just his come up and, you know, just grinded it out in the snow. No, he's playing in an air conditioned during the summer, warm during the winter, baseball field year round that even someone that lives in, you know, Southern California, where it's beautiful baseball weather and why there's so many baseball players that come from that area. Sure. Just don't have. And that's something that he was able to do to be able to nurture. But that is just that, you know, you can't be like, yeah, that guy was just a freak athlete when he was born. I mean, there's plenty of kids built like linebackers when they come out of the womb where you're like, dear God, this kid's massive. My kid was in the, my, my youngest kid, 99th percentile for both height and weight and had the neck that could crush soup cans second <laughs> he was born. Absolutely absurd. Is there a nature? Absolutely. But now if, there, if there's some billionaire son that wasn't in the 99th percentile that came out and, you know, now is afforded to him every single thing necessary to become a great athlete, great scholar, great whatever, he's going to have such a greater chance of achieving whatever that is than my son, which it's, that's just the nature of it at the end of the day. Right. That's the only nature I'm talking about because, okay, you know, even if Monica and I take our day and time and we throw the ball with him every single afternoon and, you know, or teach him how to tackle like a linebacker every single day, at the end of the day, it's just not the same as being able to afford the top end of coaches, nutritionalists, Hold all on, that. But I'll stop you right there because in every other virtually every other country things to become good at a sport it's something you have to do to get out of your situation in america sports are something you get to do so for example again i'll say on the soccer and world cup and brazil who unfortunately got knocked out today so many of those players do not like you're the anomaly if you are a very good soccer player growing up in brazil and your family has money you are the anomaly and in america you're the standard that your family is well off you afforded to have competitive soccer which for the novice out there that means you travel in around the country to play games and tournaments and whatever brazil you are ex- like it's assumed you come from the slums like sport is your way out to get out of the slums you don't have the best cleats a lot of times you play barefoot a lot of times you just don't have anything and you just find a way and i think that's an interesting reality it's not an opinion it's very much a reality for so many youth athletes out there which goes back to nature right so it's not nature in terms of what's inside their body but it's their nature of the uncontrollable that it's not a matter of their having a family a loving family or not it's a matter of here's the hand they've been dealt and now it's how do you make most of it thoughts on that yeah wouldn't disagree with that i think 
though in that situation you have to look at what the common denominator of what life overall is and if you don't have if the standard isn't in order to take your game to the next level you have to be able to afford you know travel teams whether that's baseball football basketball soccer where you're having to afford your family has to be able to afford to take you to that next level because they don't have to in those countries yeah exactly because Because just the standard teams the professional teams pay for that youth registration yeah. and that youth expense. And the, so it's just not model. standard there. It, yeah, it's a different model completely. And so it's yep. not the well-off people. You are you have to be well-off to some degree in order to afford to be able to play at that next level or have those opportunities. Whereas in America, it's, yeah, your next best chance is to your high school team. You get drafted from high school or whatever that is. Yeah, some professional team baseball. picks you up. Yeah, same or college. No soccer or basketball. Yeah, no soccer or basketball players getting picked up professionally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought Kobe was drafted out of high school, but that might yeah, have been a, but now they've stopped that. Now you have to have the one-off. Yeah. yeah, the one-year one-off. That's so stupid. Yeah, uh, We can moving talk on. about that at a different yeah, yeah. Uh, But when it comes to, you know, football or say someone that is, well, you have to play better when you're in high school to get drafted to a better university. And there's sure there's plenty of those stories. And at the end of the day, that's that, that in America is the anomaly where it's, yeah, hope and hopefully your football team or your high school team keeps saying football. Your high school team can afford good trainers and can afford to have a good coach and can afford to have good equipment to be able to train you properly so that a university says, you know what, that's the right guy. So you're now. No, I disagree. Oh, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree because colleges and professional teams do not draft teams. They draft individuals. So I think you can very much be a very good player, being able to showcase your skill set in any sport, be on a crappy team. I think that's a big myth of parents out there to say, for my kid to get a good college scholarship, they need to be on the best team. No, they don't. Like, yes, their director or coach needs to be well-connected to have those conversations. But ultimately, a college is recruiting that player. They're not recruiting that team. I never had a college coach when I was in that soccer setup say, hey, coach, what was your record this year? I'm not good enough. We don't want that player. They said, (laughs) that player's a baller. We want her part of our program don't care if the team's six and 18 or 18 and six that player has what we want thoughts yeah but i think it also i think it also goes to you have to look at it does give them a better opportunity though again it it becomes more of an outlier because those those teams that have those good programs those schools that have those good programs more scouts are going to understand that those players are more ready for the next level than the person that is on a team that they just don't have the infrastructure necessary to take themselves to the next level they have to do more outside coaching they have to have they have to be able to pay for those independent trainers because they're not going to be able to get that good training from within the facility the parents <laughs> go on <laughs> but it, you know it there are again there's those outliers if they were a two-star or a three-star recruit from some podunk little school for high school and they went to university and they just balled out because then they did have the proper development at that point there's not as many scouts are going to go to those smaller schools if they for that one student versus if they know they can look at five or six students and be like i'm here to see five or six students play versus one student it also costs those pro those next level programs more money to go see one student than it does to see five students that are playing for one team so you're not going to get as matters. many scouts at the end of the day yeah and i think it actually matters though when your kid is really good number one it doesn't matter if it's a bunch of it's in and amongst a bunch of bang average. 
And that's where the challenge lies, I think, for a lot of parents these days is their ego and their social circles demand that they have something to talk about, right? When they hang out with their friends. And I think, unfortunately, that's become very much a reality of my kid needs to be on the top team. So I don't feel embarrassed amongst my family and friends when they ask me how my daughter or son are doing. I think that's a big unfortunate piece. I say myth number two with the individual trainings because it's such a norm in America. There again, it's very rare, doesn't even exist to have individual trainers in other countries. The expectation is the kid goes out and works on their own or they're always just playing. But here we found this niche of private coaches and it's just become such a norm. Like that'll fix his problem. Here's what, have I done the individual coaching before? Yes. Do I feel like it can benefit? Yes. But I will definitely educate parents to say, you have to remember they're taking, they're getting taken out of an environment where they can make decisions. When they're, when it's Jalen teaching me how to have a better technique with something, there's no decision of when I make that decision or who to make it against. There's no context. And I think parents forget that real quick. With that said, I think baseball is just different than soccer, right? I. You and me hitting balls, like you don't have an opponent. You have different curveball, fastball, breaking ball, whatever, but you don't have an opponent to make a, a decision against. So not all sports are created equal, but that's my reference point as a soccer coach. Individual trainers, in my opinion, ultimately don't really help nearly as much as parents think they do. And I'll leave it there. I'm not gonna say they, they have no effect, but their effect is minimal. And I think parents have this false perception that it's very impactful. I think you just uh, go back to that nature and nurture, right? You just pissed off a bunch of private coaches that make their whole living off of- I kind of uh, hope I did because <laughs> it's such a fallacy. And I think a lot of people hide behind that and be like, well, I can charge a parent a hundred bucks an hour and parents will pay that out here. They'll pay a hundred dollars an hour for their 10 year old to work with a really good individual coach and then get frustrated when their kid can't make a decision on the field, but they can't put two and two together to figure out when they're on that, doing that private training session, they have no competition. It's them and themselves. And they look really good, by the way, with no competition, don't they? But honey, <laughs> you scored all the goals in your individual session. Why didn't you do it after that on the week? Well, now there's decisions to be made of when do I do that, make that type of decision? Can I do that same technique under pressure? I didn't have pressure. I was up against a stop clock. How many could I do in 30 seconds? Now you've got yeah. a zero, zero game with two minutes left and that mental capacity, and then parents want to shove it down their throat. There's your nurture coming in. How nurturing is <laughs> not good enough. That wasn't good enough. I can't believe you did this. There's that nurture side. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to see it come together and come in and dip out and come back in. Yeah, it's definitely, and that nurture part. Boy, is it hard. Do you yell at them just hard enough to where they win a green jacket with the masters or create a pop album that sells millions like Michael Jackson's parents? Or do you forever just crack them and they never want to touch the sport again? Well, and on that note, I remember sharing this article with parents. It was kind of looking at things in hindsight. What was the most undesirable thing growing up as a kid? And undeniably, the number one thing kids disliked the most was a car ride home. Yep. Wow, wow. When you talk about this nature versus nurture thing, it's interesting because the nurturing is 100% on us as parents, right? We're responsible yeah. for that. I think it's too bad. That was an over, no question about it. That car ride home was the number one thing that kids hated most when growing up, specifically for soccer players. Again, not all sports are created equal, but I can only imagine football's not that <laughs> far off. Nor is baseball, <laughs> nor is basketball. Like, I don't think parents differ that greatly in terms yeah. of what their expectations are living vicariously through their kids. Yeah, any team sport, really. Especially if it's not a, like, baseball, again, is kind of just one of those weird ones where it's, yeah, you can go four for four, 
hit two home runs and your team still lose. And it's, yep. you still feel bad that you lost, but it's Iden's today. Whereas now it's little Jimmy. And so your parents are just talking trash about your best friend. On your <laughs> <right home. laughs> yeah. Boy, this sucks. I, yeah. Can I drive home with someone else's parents? Uh-huh. This is awful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so don't be those parents. That's what we're right. trying to get at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that self-awareness, really. When you're trying to create that best environment for your kid, you say you want what's best for them, stop nagging them immediately after <laughs> they play if you really want what's best for them. Because it's not helping anybody. And kids, in hindsight, will tell you, give them a few years. And if you're on talking terms, they'll probably let you know. Yeah, and if you're if you're if your uh, kids are in like football or one of those super physical sports, parents just know that you are training them to be basically gladiators. So don't be surprised if after yelling at them for 15 years of their life about how they suck at the sport, if they just turn on you and they use that training right against <laughs> you. That should be in the back of the mind of every parent when you're just like yelling at them. Yeah, like, just wait for them to be bigger. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, my younger son again, 99. He's still in the 99th percentile. That kid's gonna beat me up one day if I don't if I don't watch my cross my eyes and dot my t's. I need to watch out for that. But yeah, don't be those parents. We shouldn't, and we shouldn't even have to tell you about the physical aspect of things. That's yeah. kind of a. Do we really have to say it? No. There you go. Well, everybody out there, all of our listeners, all of our watchers, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Wanted to give, I don't know just some a debatable topic because there's so many ways to do that nature versus nurture number one but then you dig into that nurturing side number two and start digging into, the, into that a little bit and at the end of the day none of us are perfect but there is a, such a thing as getting better and being better and i think that's definitely what we should all be striving for is that so let us know what you think did we miss something here do you have something to share share it we'd love to hear your comments if this resonated with you if you tap that like button so you don't miss any more discussions like this one moving forward and or better yet, give us subscribe and you're going to hear the hashtag dad life, the real estate roundup. You're going to hear all of it and the business bookend. So until next week, this is this week. Thanks for joining. Have a good one. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more of Jalen McKenna, Colorado's mortgage dad and his take on the Colorado real estate market or just mortgages and mortgage news in general, check out the links below. Also check out the links below for more information on products, books, or references made in this podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share.